All right, so we're learning Dr. Katz in the middle of discussing Shimon's opinion in Eishu Sachel Shaloha Yibam So the basic premise of Eishu Sachel Shaloha or brother, you do not do Yibam unless you were together in the world, together with the deceased. So everybody agrees, as the Gemara told us yesterday, that if Ruvain dies, and let's say there were no brothers, Yibam thought she was free, but then the, uh, another brother was born, he's not going to do Yibam. Or if there were two remaining, if there was a brother who, who was alive in the world, call him Shimon, and then he didn't do anything yet. And when Levi is born, Levi certainly can't do Yibum right away. That's for sure. But the Shilas become what happened when Shimon, who was in the world, takes over the widow, and then she's by him, and then Shimon dies. What happens? Will this widow do Yibum to Levi? So there's two cases. There's Noilat Acherkach Yibim and Yibum Acherkach Nolat. There's the case where Levi is born after Shimon did Yibum. It's called Noilat Acherkach Yibim. And there we know for sure that Rabbi Shimon disagrees with the Isser. He holds it's not a problem. It's not a problem with And the reason is, we'll talk about, elaborate on this concept. The concept is that Levi is born into the world. The first encounter, the way he relates to this widow, is simply not as Ruven's ex. He was never in the world of Ruven. He was just Shimon's wife. Shimon's wife. So therefore, it's not a problem when Shimon dies for Levi to marry this widow. But the other case, which is what we're trying to figure out if Shimon disagrees, doesn't say black and white in the mission either way, is where Reuven died, Levi is born, and then Shimon does Yibam. Now that Shimon does Yibam, if Shimon would then die, would it, what would be the halacha? Would there be Yibam to Levi? That's the question. That's the Shiloh in front of us. So it doesn't say in the Mishnah, Rabbi Oishia made the point that he thinks Rabbi Shimon disagrees in that case as well. The more trying to understand why. In this case, you don't have this far of Ashkabah Because when Levi was born, right, the widow was, 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 had not yet done Yibam to Shimon. The widow was still Ruvain's widow. That was X. That was forbidden. That was trafe to Levi. So what's going to happen just because she does, she does Yibam to Shimon? So the Gemara answers that the site of Reb Shimon is Yesh Zika Vazika Chichnusa. That the Zika alone, when Levi was born, yes, it's true, Shimon didn't do Yibam, but there was already Zika that the widow had to Shimon. And the Zika alone is even Mamash Midaraisa, a full fledged marriage, unbelievable concepts. Since it's already treated like a full fledged marriage, Midaraisa, so it's as if she's already Shimon's wife. So you have the same thing. Even in the case of Noilat Vakakakakakak Yibam, um, it, it, it's really true that she's, she's already Shimon's wife by the time that Levi is born. That's the Yishikavazikachim. So the Gemara is challenging whether or not this whole thing is true. So we saw right at the bottom yesterday, let's see in the bottom of Yudchas from the base, just look over it again. The Gemara has a Kashmashra Even in a case where there was not only Zika that happened, but there was even Mimer that happened, Reb Shimon is not sure if it's really treated like a wife or not. So certainly if there's just Zika, we see, there's no way to say that that's for sure certainly treated like a wife. Mahi, where do we see this evidence that Reb Shimon, even with Zika and Mimer, is uncertain whether that's treated like a full-fledged marriage. You have three brothers who are married to three random women. Reuben Shimon will be married to three random women. Basically, one of them dies. And Shimon did Mimer to the widow. So he didn't fully do Yibam. He, he did, he did Mimer. Remember, Mimer is where you give Kedushin. Most opinions in the Tanam hold, that's like Kona B'Mixas. It has like a partial, it's like a partial Yibam. It's not full, it's partial. But Mace, now Shimon dies childless. So what's happening is that the widow now is falling from two different homes at the same time. She's still Ruvain's, she's still the Zika from Ruvain because it has, the Din Yibam hasn't been fulfilled fully. But there's also a little bit of Zika from Shimon because to the extent that he did Mimer, now when he dies, she's falling from him as well. So what happens? So now, there's no Yibam to the widows. There's only going to be Chalitza. The din is, when one dies, then we say Yibam Yibam Yibam. There's Yibam. When there's only one Zika from the woman, 
when there's, she's falling from one home, then there's a mitzvah of But when there's a din that she's falling from two different brothers at the same time, there's a din zika from two brothers simultaneously on the same woman, she doesn't do yibum. So in this case, she doesn't do yibum. She still needs chalitza because this joshua isn't really, can't really fully be the rice. That mimer's pasture is only a derabana. So, so, it, so it's only, it's only chalitza, it's only chalitza that's required. But the point is that there shouldn't be yibum. Because why? Because she has zika from two brothers. Fine. Nothing to do with us. But look at Reb Shimon. Reb Shimon, Reb Shimon says, no, Levi can marry whichever one he wants and do chalitza to the second one. So what's going on? Reb Shimon doesn't hold necessarily this whole drush of the double zika from Yibam. According to Reb Shimon, you can never have a double zika. Why? Because Maimar does not partially be Konan Yibam, according to Reb Shimon. According to Reb Shimon, Maimar is either in or it's out. It's either entirely Kona to the extent that she is fully Shimon's wife, completely, or it's not Kona at all to the extent that she's only Reuven's wife. But she's not falling from both homes at the same time. So the Tanakama has this a premise that Mimer is Kona Bimiksas. So when Reuven dies and Shimon does Mimer, and now that Shimon dies, she's, she's falling partially from both homes. So Dr. Shimon, your premise is wrong. Mimer is really fully in or fully out. It either was totally worked, so she's only Shimon's wife, or it totally didn't work, and she's only Reuven's wife. So regardless, you could definitely do Yibam to her. You're not sure if you're doing it out to Reuven or Shimon, but you could definitely do Yibam. And then to the other one, Shimon's, Shimon's wife, you do Chalitza. You don't do Yibam because you might be marrying two widows of Shimon, which you're not supposed to do. Um, but, but you do Chalitza Mitzvah. And the Gemara speaks that out. Why don't you do Yibam to both? Because Dilma Yesh Zika, maybe Yesh Zika, maybe the Zika together with the Mimer makes that she was fully married. Ruvain's widow became fully married to Shimon. So now the situation is that it's two Yivamas coming from the same home. What's the halacha? And when two Yivamas fall from the same home, you only do Yivam to one. So you can't do Yivam to the second widow here. But on the other hand, you can't just marry the, the, the widow of Ruvain who became the widow of Shimon and not deal with the other one at all because maybe the Zika together with the Mimer is not treated like a full marriage. So then they're, two, they're one's falling from Ruvain, one's falling from Shimon, and they both require something to be done. So therefore, you have to at least do chalitza to Shimon's wife. Okay, so what do I see? The key takeaway for us is that Reb Shimon has a doubt. Reb Shimon has a suffix when there is even Zika and Mimer together, whether it's considered like a wife. He's uncertain about Zika and Mimer together, whether this woman that fell from Ruvain, Shimon does Zika and Mimer, at that point, is she a full-fledged wife of Shimon or not? Here we are today with my making an argument that Reb Shimon certainly holds that this Zika alone makes it a full-fledged wife. And that's why Nolad Vacharach Yibam is allowed to do Yibam. Because when he was born, he was born into a massive that outs the Zika, she was totally Shimon's wife. Here I see that the Tana Rebbe Shimon, even with Zika and Mimer, is uncertain if it's a full-fledged wife. Now, maybe you'll say, really the halacha is, in the case that we just said, really it's Pashat, even as the Zika alone is considered a full-fledged wife. It's Pashat that, that, that really, it's, it's, it's two widows of Shimon at this point. It's Pashat that really you could just do even to one, the other one goes free. It's Midarabonon that you shouldn't do one to Yibam. It's Midarabonon that you should do Chalitza on Shimon's widow. People aren't going to realize it's from the same house. People won't realize People are going to say, people are going to say that when two Yavamas fall from different, two different houses, you could you could just let's say I don't know you happen to have two brothers, Reuven and Shimon, both passed, and now two separate Yavamas are falling. People are going to say that um, that you could just uh, do even to one widow and the other one goes, which is not true. It's only specifically in this case because once one brother died first, there was a zika to the other brother it was considered like his wife, and then when he died, they were both falling from that brother. So really, Reiker Adin would be okay here to do even to one and not to the other. Just we don't want it to happen because if Xero, I'll do that case. 
Now, I just want to speak out something. What do we mean, Xero to that case? What is the case? That Reuven will die, and, and, and now he has his widow. Shimon will also die, and he has his widow. And Levi, we're saying, in that case, for sure, Levi has to be even to both. We're concerned for that case. Why? If it's really true what we're saying, even in that case, you should just have to do even to one. Why? Because what happens? Reuven dies, he gives Zika. That Zika is Kichnusa over to Shimon, and now when Shimon dies, it's really two widows falling from him. So if it's two widows from falling from him, you should be able to do even to one. What exactly is the Gemara concerned for? So Rashi explains, you have to say, the Gemara means in a case where Reuven and Shimon die in the same moment. The Gemara is concerned that the two brothers died in the same moment. If they died in the same moment, there was never a Zika from Reuven that was considered a full-fledged marriage to Shimon, and now both the widows are falling from Shimon. If Reuben and Shimon died in the same moment, that's clearly just two widows from two different houses. Clearly, in that case, you have to do Yibum to one and, and either Yibum to the other or Chalitza to the other. For sure, you have to acknowledge the two separate Chayuvim there. So it's Xerah like to that. We're going to say, even in the case with the Zika made a Chalitza like Shimon, and they're both falling from Shimon, still we're going to say that you have to do Chalitza on the other. Maybe you're going to say that. So we're defending. Maybe really Zika is Chalitza like Shimon, like we suggested over here. It's just Xerah. But if you look in the, in the Brysaw, if you look at Reb Shimon, when he says his reason, it's not because of the Zika, it's because of the Mimer. Why do I see this? The Tanya says in the Brayser, if Shimon's Mimer is effective, <coughs> so then when he dies, Levi, if he takes the Mimer wife and Yibam, he's only having to be with the second guys with Shimon's full-fledged wife. Why? Because Mimer is Kona fully, according to the Tanya Rebbe Shimon. And if you tell me that it's not Kona fully, then it's not Kona at all. And he's just reaching his bow. Then he's just doing Bia with Ruvain's wife. Meaning, it's clear in the Brisa that the Pshad and Reb Shimon over here, again, where you have the three guys married to three random girls and Ruvain and Shimon die, but, but Shimon did Mimer to Ruvain's wife before he died. The reason why Reb Shimon is allowing Levi to do Yibam, it's not Zika from two brothers, is because the Mimer was either Kona fully or not Kona at all. That's his Svara. We're trying to write it all because of, the, we're to explain it all because of the Zika, that the Zika made it his wife. The Gemara is saying, no, look at the Brisa. The Brisa is clear that the point is that really Mimer is a suffix if it's Kona. If it's Kona, it's Kona fully. If it's not Kona, it's not Kona at all. So he's responding to the Tanakama. Tanakama held that Mimer is Kona partially. So therefore, you're stuck. It's Kona partially. And now that Ruvain's widow was done, it didn't mime her to Shimon, and Shimon dies, so she's falling partially from Ruvain and partially from Shimon. So like Rav Shimon, no, Mimer is only falling in or further out. That's the pshat going on in Rav Shimon. Nothing to do with the Zika. So Kashra, what we're saying. So clearly we see from here, Zika is not Kechlus. So the Gemara answers, Maybe we could answer that there's a distinction between, between falling to one brother and falling to two brothers. What's the idea? Where is it that Reb Shimon says the Zika makes it like a full-fledged wife? She falls to one Yavam. Like our case of like our case, right? Ruven dies, he only has one brother, Shimon. So the idea is that even at that point, there's only one brother. There's only, there's only Shimon. So the Zika is Kichnusavayim. It's so strong. It's solidified. It's to only one Yavah. So now that Levi's born, so even though now that Levi's born, how is Levi encountering the woman? Only as Shimon's wife, because the Zika is Kichnusa there. Where she falls to two potential Yavams, like our case that we were just looking at, where there are three brothers, even Shimon and Levi, and, and, and Ruvain died, and, and, and Shimon did Yibam. So there she was falling to two brothers. So if it was in a field of two brothers, the Zika alone doesn't make Yechnusa, because it's not sure who it's going to go to. So therefore, she can't be the full fledged wife of two people, right? That wouldn't make sense. So in that case, it's not, the Zika's not Yechnusa. In that case, it's Taka only else the Mimer, like the Brysa was saying. So the Gemara says, but wait a second, is that really true that the Tana Reb Shimon is going to be Machal being Zika Chalusa and not Zika Chalusa? Which again, would be very important. Let's say we just tweak the case for a second. The way we're saying, let's say go back to Eshazab Shavah Lamo, let's say you would have four brothers, Reuven, Shimon, Reuven and Shimon and Levi were all together in the world. Reuven dies, leaving his widow to Shimon and Levi. But then before anyone did anything, Yehuda was born. So according to what we're saying now, it'd be Pashut, that if afterwards Shimon and Levi did Yibam and then they died and now it falls to Yehuda, it would be an Erevah. 
Because the whole lambdas of Nodar Rachar Chibim, why Reb Shimon is saying it's not a problem, Zika Chalusa. Zika Chalusa is only when there's Zika to one brother. But if, let's say, here it was Reuven to Shimon and Levi, and then Yehuda was born, so then it, 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 it wouldn't be Zika Chalusa. That's, that's the point that we'd be trying to suggest now. It's Daka Zika Chalusa because the Zika is only to one brother. Frakti Gemara, Mishan and Reb Shimon. Is Reb Shimon differentiate if it's falling to one or two? Vatayis says, Rise of Kalala, Reb Shimon. Whenever the birth of a new brother comes before the marriage of the second, before before the the nisuin to a second brother, meaning Levi is born before Shimon, before Shimon took Reuven's widow and Yibam, then 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 everybody agrees. Even Rabbi Shimon would agree that after Shimon dies, the widow doesn't need chalitzer, um, and doesn't need chalitzer Yibam. Nisuin called him the leda, but if Shimon married the widow. Before Levi was born, oh then it's mutter. So what do I see here in the price? So Reb Shimon is saying there's no dafka in the case where Levi is born when where Levi is born after Shimon married after Shimon did Yibam. But if Levi was born before Shimon Yibam, then not. So my love Presumably the price is talking about that there was only a Reuven and Shimon and then and then another brother Levi, right? There was only he was only Reuven was survived by only one brother. So it was a zika, there should be zika chnusa, and yet Rabbi Shimon is still saying that if Levi is born before Shimon, it doesn't work. So we see, even where it's only nofil to one brother, Rabbi Shimon is still saying, we don't say zika chnusa, refuting what Rabbi Shimon is saying. Rabbi Shimon is saying, where it's, where it's, where it's nolad rachar achib, and Rabbi Shimon still agrees. Again, we tighten it, it's only where it falls to one yavam, but Akhoponim, where it falls to one yavam, nolad rachar achib, and it's still mutter. Here we see, it's a cloud from Rabbi Shimon. If it's if it's no if it's no it's 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 aser even rachar no lad is mutter so we see against Raboshia. so the gemara says lo b'shnei yavam the brayz was talking about a case where the the yavam originally fell to two yavamim meaning it was really Reuven Shimon Levi who were together in the world Reuven dies she's falling to Shimon and Levi then it depends if Yehuda is born before Shimon or Levi did yibam then it's going to be aser even though they did yibam because there's not zikah chalusa but if Yehuda is born after Shimon or Levi did yibam then it would be mutter when they die. So I'm thinking, but what are you saying? If it were really only one Yavim, what would Allah be? Then you would tell me that it's going to either be Chalitza or Yibam for the next brother is born. If that's true, why did Reb Shimon say that the difference is if the, if the new brother is born before or not, the, 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 the brother did Yibam, why do you have to run to the Heter where, where, where he's born after Yibam was done? Why don't we make a sharper distinction even within what we're talking about? The Brisa should have made this point. When is it true that because he was born before Yibam? We should have sharpened it and we say that the only time we answered where the Zika fell to two brothers, therefore there was no Zika Chalnusa, therefore if the, if the if, if a Yehuda would be born, then, then he would encounter a Beiser. If it would just be a Reuben and a Shimon and then a Levi pops in um, where the, so there was already Zika Chnusa to Shimon. So the point that we're saying is, why would the brides run to the Heter and tell me the Heter of of Yibam Rachach Nolad, where the, where the new brother is born only after Yibam? Tell me a bigger Chiddush, make it a sharper point that even when it's Noilad Rachach Yibam, it's not always Aser. It's only Aser if it fell to two Yavam. But if it fell to one Yavam, you have Zika Chnusa. Would it be Aser? So the Gemara attempts a response. Kulubishne Yavam in Kamari. The brides happen to be talking about a case of two Yavam, meaning. The style of Tana isn't always to sharpen the distinction within the case itself. We want to keep the case what the case is. The case is she's falling, that there's a Reuven, Shimon, Levi, and Yehuda. So we want to speak about that case. So in the case where it's fell to Shimon and Levi, so there's no Zika so then what's the matzah when Yehuda is born? Then it always depends, right? If the Leda was before the Nesuin, 
It's going to be also as late as Achron soon will be mutter. So I'm going to my clothes. And then that's not a rule. <laughs> right? Rabbi Shimon said, preface, this is the big rule. It's not really the big rule because you're not telling me every variable. It's a rule in a case where there's only two Yavamit. That's not a rule. Right? A rule is something that, 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 that's, that's all encompassing. And for the fact that I said it that way, it's mashmah, it is all encompassing, and we wouldn't distinguish between whether, whether there was a zika to two or one yavamin. It's mashmah, even if there was a zika only to one yavam, we would still say that if the next brother would be born before the, the yavam would, done, would be done, it would be a shashma not like Rav said. So the Gemara made a successful challenge. That's what just happened. Rav again, is saying that Rav Shimon disagrees even where it's another rachach even. The reason he disagrees when it falls to one yavam is because zika can lose We have refuted that well. We have concluded a challenge from the way that Reb Shimon said the big rule. Says the Gemara, Nachakasha. It's interesting. When you have one kasha, bring another kasha. The Gemara is really doing a good job here on Ravoshia's theory. Don't get confused. Rav Oshia from Rebbe Oshia. It's a little confusing in the names here. One person asking on the other. They almost have the same name. It says in the Mishnah, you have three brothers. Two of them are married to two sisters, Oisho Vita, or to a woman and her daughter, Oisho Basvita, or a woman and her daughter's daughter, Oisho Basvita, or to a woman and her son's daughter. So what's the case? Pashup Shad is, we're dealing with only two women, right? In other words, you have a Reuben and a Shema, two brothers, and they're married permissibly. One is married to one sister, one is married to another sister, or one is married to a woman, and one is married, the other one is married to her daughter, or one is married to a woman, one is married to her granddaughter. Right? That would be the case. So what happens? Now they both die, and the widows are falling, to the third brother at the same time. So it's interesting. They're not an erva. Neither one of the widows are an erva to Levi, but the issue is that he can't take both of them. They're an erva to each other, right? In other words, the two sisters are falling to Yibam at the same time to Levi. Two brothers marry two sisters. They both die. So now two sisters are nofo to Levi at the same moment. So what's the thing? The chosos was anonymous. They have to do chalitza and Yibam. Why? Why chalitza and Yibam? So they're not erva to Yibam, right? Because Levi's not an erva to either one of them individually. He just can't take both. But he, there's chalitza because if, whichever one he would take, it'd be like marrying the sister of the one he has chalitza to. Or the one he has the zika to. The sister of someone you have zika to is someone treated like a wife. We've learned these concepts. What about the situation of the daughter and the granddaughter? So same thing. You're not allowed to marry a woman and her granddaughter, right? So if a That's woman true. and a granddaughter are falling in the same moment, if you go to take either one, you're kind of marrying... A, a, a mother and a, grand, a grand, granddaughter at the same time because through the Zika you're somewhat married to both of them. So now if you take a Bia now to one of them you have a mother and a granddaughter falling to Zika at the same time. You're somewhat kind of a Zika to both kind of, kind of having a relationship with both. So if you'll have Bia with either one it will be like being Boel a mother the, uh, the granddaughter of a woman you're married to or the grandmother of a woman you're married to. So therefore, they do chalitza, they don't do yivam. Reb Shimon Potter, Reb Shimon Potters. You know what Reb Shimon Potters? We're going to learn a whole drasha later on. Reb Shimon has a din that when Arias fall together in Zika, it implodes. It's like a whole new drasha we'll learn about later in the Sefta. So if two sisters fall together in yivam, the whole thing blows up. Okay. Frank the Gemara. It's not so relevant we understand that point. What's important is what doesn't happen. If what happens in Reb Shimon's view is that Zika is as soon as there's a Zika, it's a full-fledged marriage to the first one that falls. So whichever one fell first was already a full-fledged wife, and then the one to fall second is just a flat Arafa. She has no Zika. You should just do even to the first sister to fall, and then the next one should be exempt. So Reuben, you had Reuben and Shimon married to Leah and Rachel. So whichever brother died first, boom, he leaves his widow. That widow is automatically married to Levi with him before he does anything. Zika And now that the other brother dies, that sister is an Arafa. So she goes away, and the first one you should marry. That's the Gemara's Kasha. Must be Zika's Nakhilusa. So, Amar Vamar, my poter, now me poter, Bishniya. What does it mean, poter? 
Reb Shimon Potter is not both of them. Pasher Pshat, Reb Shimon Potter means both of them. You don't have to do anything. Potter means he potters the second one to fall from Ibn Machalitza. But the first one in the Chanam means Ibn Machalitza. That's not the interpretation. That's correct. Shimon exempts both of them. <laughs> Clearly, he means both sisters are exempt. Again, proving Ziga is not Kachalitza. Amarava, no. You know what it means? It means the second one from this pair, the second one from the two sisters, and the second one from the second pair, from the mother and daughter. So what is going on? Actually, what's going on is that Rava's fundamentally switching the case. It's not, until now we understood that the two brothers, it was like separate cases. The two brothers were married to, to two sisters, case one, or they were married to a mother and a daughter, or they were married to a mother and a granddaughter, or a different mother and granddaughter, right? That was the way we understood until now. Rava understands we're talking about that each of the two, that, that, that the two of the three brothers were married to two sisters and to a mother and a daughter and to a mother and a granddaughter and to a mother and her other granddaughter. So there's actually four pairs of girls here, right? You have Ruben and Shema, two brothers, right? One is married to one sister, one's married to another sister. One's also married to another, a third woman who's a, who, 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 and, 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 and the, the other brother is married to that woman's daughter and, and, and keep on going with, with a mother and granddaughter. So it's each, there's actually, and the Gemara explains it, um, and that there was actually four, four pairs here. So now both Reuven and Shimo die. So now you have all these widows, sets of the widows that are falling to Levi. There's two sets, right? That's the point. You have all of Reuven's wives that are falling and all of Shimon's wives are falling. So now what we're saying is all, all of Shimon's wives, the second, all of, of the second pair, all of the women in the second pair to fall, all of Shimon's wives are exempt if Reuven died first because all of Reuven's wives have a din of Zika Kechnusa over to... Levi, and now when Shimon dies, all of his pairs, of all of his set, all of those are Arias. By the way, as a Mardikachidish, you see here in the Gemara that the Gemara can have Zika Kachnus on multiple widows. We said you don't have Zika Kachnus on multiple brothers, but multiple widows there is, even though practically you don't do Yibam to more than one widow from, a, from, a, from, a, from when a brother dies. These Gemara still sounds like you could have it in a Zika Kachnus on each Yivama. It's fascinating, right? You have multiple <laughs> Gemaras, you have eight women here, right? Four from Reuben, four from Shimon. All of Reuben's wives have been Zika Kachnus at the Levi, and now when Shimon dies, we're saying that well, all of Shimon's wives will be there. Rav made a mistake about the four pairs here. He thinks the Mishra is talking about a case where the two of the three brothers were married to two sisters and a woman or daughter and a woman or daughter's daughter and a woman or her son's daughter. In fact, that's not what it means. First of all, the Mishra keeps on saying or, meaning they're different cases. Two brothers married two sisters or a different case. Two brothers married a mother and a daughter. Oh, and furthermore, the price should have said of Shimon and Pazar is all four of them. What do you mean both of them? Like, what does that mean? So the Gemara keeps on hammering that that's not the right shot. Oh, Tanya, you want to know why Rav Shimon says that the girls are potter? Not because the first one had Zika Chalusa and the second one is an Arab. A different shot. You shouldn't take a woman to her sister to make tsaras. What does that mean? When they become rivals of one another, meaning if they're both noful to them together from two different brothers, two sisters are falling simultaneously, so they both have Zika to a third brother in the same moment, then there's no din to marry either one of them. So it's a new din in Russia, that both of them are exempt. So we mamish refute this interpretation. Clearly what's right here is that when you have two brothers marrying two sisters, the two brothers die, two sisters are no full, leave them down together in the same nefila to Levi. The Pasuk is pottering both of them. We're not saying that the first one is Zika Chachnusa and the second one is exempt without anything. We're saying both of them are potter. And frankly, Gemara, what's going on? We should say Zika Chachnusa to the first one and the second one should automatically be in Arabah. So what's Pshat? Elamai, what do we see? There's no Zika Chachnusa. Says the Gemara, no. El Amar Ravashi. Ravashi is going to defend. If they fell one after the other, Ruvain died and Shimon died, you'd be right. You'd be right that the first one would be Mutter and Yibam and the second one would then be in Arabah. 
What is the case? They prove it and Shimon died in the same exact second. So there was no Zika Gnusa. Why? Because in the very second that the Zika comes from Reuven for his wife, for that sister, Shimon died in the same exact second. And therefore, there was never a Zika Gnusa to one before the Nefila to the other. Good things does really happen in the same second. The Tarot says Rabbi Shimon holds like the opinion of Rabbi Yisrael that Efshar Litzamsim means it could in fact happen at the same moment. So therefore, that acts exactly is the case. So the Gemara has defended from there. So, you know, just to give a big picture here, again, what are we talking about? We're talking about Eishu Rabbi Shimon's opinion. We know Rabbi Shimon disagrees by Yibim Rachach Nolat, that Levi is mutter, but what about the case of Nolat Rachach Yibim? We've decided Ravoshi was really wrong from the first thing. The Gemara tried to slug him up a second time. It didn't, it didn't necessarily work out, but we still have the first refutation. So now what happens is the Gemara gives us another opinion. After the whole Ravoshi, now we get Rapapa, Rapapa Amar. Rav Shimon disagrees only if Shimon did Yibam and then Levi was born. There Rav Shimon disagrees. In the case where Levi was born and then Shimon did Yibam, Rav Shimon does not argue that one. And he concedes that when Shimon dies childless, the widow is also the Levi. Why did the Mishnah have two cases? Remember, we, that was the whole point, that there were two Mishnahs. The answer is both of them were necessary for the Rabbanon, for those who Asr Katani. It went up in Chiddush. First it said the case that the Rabbanon Asr by Nolat Ba'achar and then it brought the second Mishnah that the Rabbanon say it's Asr by Yibam Ba'achar Nolat. But in Reb Shimon's view, Reb Shimon is only being lenient by Yibam Ba'achar Nolat. But Nolat Ba'achar Chivim, Reb Shimon would not be lenient. Okay, now the Gemara is going to support Rapapa. It's interesting we need to keep on supporting Rapapa. We really already made it to Yuftah and Ravoshi. But the Gemara keeps on going here. Tanya Kavasa to Rapapa, but Bryce like Rapapa. Again, that was, what does it mean like Rapapa? That Yibim Ba'akrach Nolad is the only case that Rav Shimon disagrees. But Nolad Ba'akrach Yibim would agree is also with Yiftah the Rapapa. Why? What does it say in the Bryce? There are two brothers alive in the same in the, in the world at the same time. Reuven and Shimon. Reuven dies without children. Shimon attempts. He stands to go do a mimer and he doesn't do a mimer. Again, we have to see what does it mean. He goes to do a mimer, but he didn't do it. The point is he didn't do it, right? We'll come back to the language in a bit. But Shimon didn't do a mimer. What happened? A new brother then is born and then Shimon dies childless. So now you have Reuven's widow and Shimon's widow that are falling to, to, to Levi. But Shimon had never taken... Ruvain's widow, right? That's the point. He stood to do Mimer, but he didn't. So Hari Shona, the first widow, that means Ruvain's wife. So that's clearly That's Pashat. Ushnia, the second widow, she could do Yibam because she's not a Tsara of the first widow. She was never married together with her at all. One was Ruvain's wife, one was Shimon's wife. Case number two. Also, but Mimer, Shimon did do Mimer, so that means there is an overlap between. In its sorrows between Ruvain's widow and Shimon's wife, because Shimon did Mimer, so they were partially married together. And then Levi was born. Or the other way. The new brother was born, and then Shimon did Mimer with Ruvain's widow. Either way. It doesn't make a difference when Levi was born. Either way, Vamez, but now that Shimon dies childless. So he has his old wife, but he also has the Mimer wife that he took from Ruvain. So Hari Shona, Ruvain's old widow, who is now Shimon's Mimer wife. That's Eshazach HaShobalamo over to Levi. Ushnia, the second widow of Shimon's regular wife, she's partially a Tzara Zerva because commensurate to the amount that Maimur was Koneh, so now Shimon's wife is a Tzara Eshazach HaShobalamo. But Klapi, the part that Maimur was not Koneh, she's not a Tzara Zerva. So therefore, what did she do? She has Chalitza and not Yiv. <laughs> 
Okay, top of the Amid base. That's all the opinion of the Tanakama. Rabbi Shimon, I mean, Rabbi Shimon says, the Chalitza or the Bia with one of them. We're going to see it means a specific one. The Gemara will speak out what it is. If they'll do Yibam or Chalitza to one of these two women, Poteris or Rasa will exempt the co-wife from Yibam or Chalitza. Rabbi Shimon explains. That means, Chalitza Baal Samaimer. If Levi did Chalitza with the Balas HaMaimer, meaning he did Chalitza to Ruvain's widow, then lo Niftar then Shimon's widow would not be released. The Gemara is going to explain this. We have to understand what's going on. We'll have to explain, explain, explain. What's the explanation? The explanation is, remember we learned on Namad Aleph. I'm speaking out, I'm just foreshadowing what the Gemara is going to say, but it's good just to have the clarity now. Reb Shimon doesn't know what Mimer is. The Tanakama held Mimer is what? Konabimixas. It partially acquires it. Reb Shimon says no. Mimer is either fully in or it's fully out. Mimer either makes it a full-fledged wife or it's nothing at all and it's not a wife at all. So now let's think about the matzav. The matzav is that Klape Levi, Ruvain's widow is Eishes, Achiv, Shaloya, Balama, and Nerva. Shimon's widow, we have to determine, is she a Tzoras, or not? Shimon did Mimer. If Mimer is Kone, then what? Because they're together. And therefore, Shimon's wife doesn't need anything. If Mimer is not Kone, so then Ruben's wife doesn't need anything, but Shimon's wife has a full-fledged Zika. Right? Okay, so he's definitely not going to be allowed to do Yibam to both of them. But he's going to have to do a Chalitza for sure to Shimon's wife. If he does Chalitza to Shimon's wife, Mimonav Shach, Ruben's widow is good. She's either Yishma Shabbat Lamo. No, she don't have to do anything more. Or, or she's married together with Shimon and everything's fine. But if I'm going to do a Chalitza to Ruben's wife, that won't pot to the Tzar. Because maybe the Mimer was not Kone. Maybe the Mimer was not Kone. And it's just from Ruth to Ruvain's wife. And Shimon's wife still has her zika that she needs. So therefore you should do the, the chalitza to Shimon's wife. That will exempt Ruvain's wife. I'm foreshadowing what the Gemara is going to say in five minutes. Okay, now a third case. Shimon married Ruvain's widow. Oh, here we go. This is what we want. Shimon married Ruvain's widow. He did Yibam, then Shimon died. And then Levi is born. Or if the new brother was born to him and then Shimon married Ruven's widow in Yibam, and then Shimon died, they are both potter. Okay? So here it's saying they are both potter. So clearly this bava is not, is, is, part of it is not like Reb Shimon. Because it says, even Rachach Nolad is to live. Reb Shimon holds, even Rachach Nolad is mut. Now, fourth case, and now we'll put it all together. Shimon married Ruven's widow, and then Levi was born. So this is kind of repetitive. Now we get a name. This din that we're saying it's that it's only Reb Meir for Rabbi Shimon. But Rabbi Shimon says, What do you mean? Levi came and he encountered the widow in a mother state, right? Because he was only born after Shimon did Yibam. She was never asked to him for a moment. So therefore, she is mother. So now the Gemara makes its point. Why did we have the fourth case where Shimon did Yibam and then Levi is born? Why did the Tana have to teach it as a separate point, as a separate case? Even though Rameir Ketani Levi was just saying it to tell you what Rameir holds. The whole point is that Rameir doesn't distinguish between when Levi is born before or after Shimon did Yibam. So you should have the third and fourth case should have been all mixed together in one big clause and just say this is Rameir's opinion that the, the widow was always awesome. Why say the third clause that it's also, and then go back and speak about the case of Yibam Rachamnolad and say that it's also according to Rameir? the Reb Shimon. You know why he split up the third and fourth clause? Because it wanted to tell you what Reb Shimon held. And it wanted to specify that Reb Shimon's heter is only by Yibam Rachamnolad. It was said it separately to tell us for Reb Shimon, to indicate Reb Shimon only argues in a case where Yibam was done and then the new brother was born. 
But in the case where the new brother was born and then Yibam was done, he doesn't disagree. We learn very clearly from here if Shimon only disagrees in the case where Levi is born after Shimon did Yibam. But if Levi is born before Shimon did Yibam, she was under Lavshava, and this concludes our refutation of, of Arboshia. So let me make just like a little bit of a sikum of what comes out. There's an error called Eshu Zachar Shalba That's Pasha that it, agree, that, that it means that if Ruvain dies, and Shimon didn't do anything yet, and then Levi is born, Levi cannot do Yibam. That's Tvarim Shutabad Ma'od. It's also what we know as a fact, is that if Shimon did Yibam and then Levi is born, that's a dispute between Tanakama and Reb Shimon. Tanakama, Rabbi Meir holds Aser, Rabbi Shimon holds Mutter, because he only encounters her as Shimon's wife, not as Reuven's widow. That's clear. What's not clear, what we were shock of Atarian for the last day and a half, is if what if Levi was born, then Shimon did Yibam, and then Shimon dies. What's the halacha? So the Tanakama for sure answers it, but is Reb Shimon Mekel there? Rav Oishia wanted to say yes, Rav Papa said no, and we clearly prove that Rav Papa's opinion is correct. The rationale to say for Rav Oishia was a Nihilumdus called Zika Kechnusa, that through the Zika alone it's already Shimon's full-fledged wife, that if Levi was born before Shimon's Yibam, it's as if Shimon already did Yibam, a new wild idea. We've refuted this, it is not true, and we come out, Reb Shimon would concede in that case that it is awesome. Now we just clean up some of the analysis from the Brisa that we just looked at. Amar Mar. This is like a Shemaka piece of Gemar. They take a break a little bit from some of the issues. Amar Hashin Allah says, Maim Vinto, the Hispa Glass of Vinto. It said, Shimon stood up to do Maim Roti of Amar, but he didn't finish it. He stood up to do it, but he didn't do it. Right? Until Levi was born. So therefore, Reuven's widow is never together with Shimon's widow. They were, they, were, they were never co-wives. Ruvain's widow is Yeshua Lamo, and Shimon's widow, Oz Ochlasov Zobazabemis. Right? Again, what's the case? Ruvain died, and Shimon got close to doing Mimer. He didn't do Mimer. Then Shimon dies. You have two widows now. Ruvain's, you have Ruvain's widow that is Yeshua Lamo to Levi, and you have Shimon's widow that is not Yeshua Lamo. So Ruvain's widow doesn't do anything. Shimon's, Shimon's widow does Chalitar Yibam. So Akhtimar, my Omad, Umaylo Hispik. What does it mean that Shimon stood up to do it? But he didn't get a chance to do it. If he did it, he did it. If he didn't do it, he didn't do it. What difference does it make if he wanted to do mimer? Like, he stood to do it, but didn't do it. The point is, he didn't. So why does it say it that way? So the Quran says, What happened was that he rose to do it, to do mimer with her consent. But Lamaisa, he wasn't, he, didn't, he wasn't successful in getting his sister-in-law to agree to the Maimar. He did the Maimar against her will. So what is Maimar? Maimar is Kedushin to Yivam. So he gives her a Kesef and he says, Ordinarily, if I go to a woman and I say, and I fling the ring at her, right? That doesn't work. You can't have Balkarcha. You need the woman's consent, her Das, in order for her to be married. Here, the Maimar... Correct. By Yivam, you do not. And now we're going to see the complexity about Maimar. Here he's doing mimer, so he's giving a ring to his to his sister-in-law and saying, "Aram Mikdashesli." He's doing it without her consent. Now, what does that matter? So, what's going on? So, the gemara, what it's saying, the price in his teaching is that the mimer is not chal. The mimer is not chal at all. It's as if the mimer wasn't done, and that's why Shimon's wife could do even Reuven's wife is Arifah. What's the chiddush of this? Udaloka Rebbe. Not everybody agrees to this. Titania Rebbe holds If you do mimer shalomi daita, if you fling the ring at the sister-in-law, the Yavama, Rebbe Omer Kana. According to Rebbe, it is Kona Mimer. Chachamim say not Kona Mimer. It's actually a dispute in the Tanah. Again, generally by a Kedushin, definitely mimer is not Kona. But here that it's being done on a Yavama, it's a Machlokas. Rebbe says Kona, Chacham say Nakona. What's the love this? So it gets super long this year. Cool stuff. My time with the Rebbe, what's Rebbe's reason? And that's the harder reason, the, the, the harder one. Obviously, the intuitive reason, the intuitive opinion is the Rabbana, right? Kedushin has to be with consent. The answer is, no, my God, Yavama. He learns from the din of the Bia with the Yavama. The mitzvah of Yibam, we're going to see in the sixth parak, Ma Bia Yavama Even if it's against her will, the Yavam rapes the wife. 
wife's the sister-in-law. It's still Kona. Yavama Yavo Allah, the Pasuk says, the Gemara teaches, Afilu Baal Karcha, even if it's without her will. So just as the Chalais Yibam is Chal Bakarcha, Afidushin Divama Bakarcha, so too the Kiddushin that's made with the Yavama, the Mimer, the Kiddushin that's taking effect on the Yavama, can also be Chal Bakarcha. They learn from Kedushin in general. Just as Kedushin in general. When it's not a sister-in-law's only works, if there's consent from the girl, so to the Kedushin of the Yavama is effective only if she has her consent. Okay, so interesting machlokas. My pligi, what's the root of the machlokas, right? If I learn, should I say compare it to the BR? Should I compare it to general Kedushin? We should learn things that are about Yavama from something else that's about Yavama. So just as Yibam with Bia is Konabal Karcha, so to the Kedusha with Yavama is Konabal Karcha. Learn Kedushin from general Kedushin. Bia is different, but Kedushin should be learned from other types of Kedushin. Just as general Kedushin in general, what's the din? Needs das, so to here this kedusha needs das. Now, what's the lambdas here? Rabbi says some gishmakarid. The Velt says like this: What is mimer? So mimer we know is really a rabbinic invention. For we'll see later in the mesachta for being kona because meikar adin the Torah says yivama yivale you do bia. There is no kedusha that you make on the yivama. The rabbanon were mesachin mimer. Yish lachkar. How what the rabbanon said when they said mimer is kona? There's two ways how to understand it. They could say. Even though really there's no place or, or need to make a Kedushin on this woman, just do Yibam. But we say it is a Kedushin. So you know what it is? It's a regular Kedushin. Happens to be it's your sister-in-law. If it's a regular Kedushin, happens to be it's a sister-in-law, then it's more Mistabra. You should learn from the rules of a general Kedushin. You should need Das, just like every other Kedushin needs Das. Or you could say, you know what the Rabbanon said? They could say like this. Even though the Torah says the mitzvah of Yibam is only accomplished through Biyah, we'll say that Kedushin is a Kenyan of Yibam. Ah, it's a kenyan of yibam. Yibam is kona afil balkarcha. So the kedushin here is different than general kedushin. Here it's a kenyan from yibam that's taking place, and therefore it's mistaber that it should be balkarcha. That's what the velt says. However, there's a very gishmaka thing that took place in the Rashi here with Rabbi Why, in general, do you need das kedushin? Do you need the das of a woman when you're makadosh? In general, when you're makadosh a woman, why does she have to consent? What's the reason? Rashi in Kedushin says, das makne. That's the simple shot. It's like a Kenyan. When I have Kenyan, if I want you to sell me something, I can't fling the money at you and say, I want, you to, I want to buy your field. Are you mocking me in your field or you're not mocking me in your field? Same thing with a woman. Is she mocking me in your Kedushin or is she not? I can't fling the ring at her and expect it to happen. She has to have das makne. That's the Pashup shot. Take a look at Rashi here, Kedushin da Alma. So Rashi, a different Makar. Kedushin da Alma, of Ashma. Rashi says, it's from the Pasuk, that it says in the Pasuk, after a woman is divorced for Holcha, and she goes and she betrothes herself to another man. It sounds like she's doing it out of her own will. Rashi makes it sound like it's Xeris HaKosov, that a Kedushin says simply the way a Ma'as Kedushin is done is done with the Das of a woman. Frank of Shia Pick in the Maseris Hashas, it's a Stira. Rashi's saying one place in Kedushin, it's a Din, Din and Das Mach. Now here Rashi's saying it's a Din of Holcha, which one is it? It's from Tyra from Rabashi many years ago, very Gishmak Abshat. What's going on here is like this. Here, everybody agrees it's a Kenyan of Yibam. It's not a Kenyan of Kedushin. There's no Das Makna. It's Yibam. And even in when a Mimer, Mimer is a Kenyan of Yibam. You don't need Das Makna. The Kenyan is the Kenyan of Yibam through the Zika itself. You don't need any Das Makna. But the Vard is that there might be a new Yasid, that the Etzem Maisa of a Kedushin. What is the Maisa of a Kedushin? 
mashma. The way a kedushin is done, not chaloisim, not because I'm being makfit to you something I have to have das, but simply the very method of a ma'isa. The ma'isa of the kedushin is midaita mashma, and that might be a new din. Why specifically it comes out in Mimer, you're going to need das, where even though it's a kinyan yibum. So the effect, the chalois is a chalois yibum. So you understand what Rebbe is saying? Why can't it be balkarcha? The chalois yibum is balkarcha. The teretz is because there's a new din. Alts the ma'isa kedushin vaholcha vaisa midata mashma. Okay, let's finish up here. What was the second case? Let's say Mimer was on Rachanolach and then the brother was born. So again, you have Ruvain's widow and then the brother, and, 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 and I'm sorry, and Ruvain's widow, Shimon did Mimer and then Levi is born. Or Levi was born and then Shimon did Mimer. Either way, amazed. now when Shimon dies, so two widows are falling from Shimon. Shimon's Mimer wife, that was used to be Ruvain's widow, that's the Eshachal Shabbat Lamo. And you have... Shimon's own wife that are falling to Levi. So what's the din? We said, Reuven's wife, the first widow, that also did Mimer to Shimon, to Levi. The second one, that's Chalitza and not Yibam. That's in the Rabbanon. Why? What's the Pashim Shah? Because the first one is certainly either way, the Rabbanon, it's all Aser. And for the second one, Shimon's wife, is it Tzara Sarva? So it's partially Tzara Sarva, because Shimon did Maimer. So it's partially his own wife will be Tzara Sarva. So therefore, she's Chalet Sazom Sabemis. Reb Shimon said, no. So he said, if you do Chalitza or Yibam to one of the widows, it releases the co-wife. So therefore, Yibam should do, Levi should do Yibam or Chalitza to Shimon's own wife. And then the Maimer wife goes away free. So the Gemara explains what's going on. And I told you this a little bit ago, but now it's good to see it inside. What case Reb Shimon going on? If you say he's going on the case where Levi was born to Shimon and then Shimon did Maimer. There, everybody agrees it's Shimon. We came out that where Levi was born and then Shimon did Yimur, Shimon doesn't argue. So in our case, even if the Maimer that Shimon does is fully effective, it's like a Yibam, but Levi was born before Maimer, so Reuven's widow is for sure also to Levi as an Erva, and Shimon's own wife is a Tsaras Erva. So for sure in that case, Rabbi Shimon is not going to be Matar Levi to be bold Shimon's own wife. It's a Tsaras Erva. If it's a case where Levi was born before Shimon did Maimer, there's no question he's not allowed to do Yibam. Because either one that he's going to do Yibam to, it's either the Eishach Shavalama or the Tzars Eishach Shavalama. For sure, in that case, it's awesome. So the Gemara explains, you're right. We're going on the case where Shimon did Maimer first, and then Levi was born. Okay? So now, again, Shimon holds Yibam Vachach Nolad, it knows no Eishach Shavalama. So here, Shimon did Maimer first, so it might be like that. So now we speak out. Rabbi Shimon has a suffix if Maimer is going on. So therefore, like this. If you go and do a chalitza with the balas maimer with Ruben's widow, lo nifter tsar, the tsar is not potter. My time, my wife. Let's think it through. Let's think it through. Maimer is either kona fully or not kona at all. If it's, if it's, if it's not kona at all, then, then Ruben's widow is and Shimon's widow is not So if you're going to do chalitza to Ruben's widow, that's not smart. Why? Because... You either there's a tzad, if Maimer wasn't Kona, you'd stop wasted your time doing Chalitza to the Erva, and the other one is not a Taras Erva, and she needs Chalitza. So if I did Chalitza to Ruvain's widow, that doesn't necessarily exempt Shimon's widow. But if I did Chalitza to Shimon's widow, I'm Mimon of Shacham for sure good. Why? On the tzad, Maimer was Kona. So then there were two widows together, because according to Rabbi Shimon, it's either all in or all out. So if Maimer is fully Kona, so I did, I did Chalitza to Shimon's widow, I did Chalitza to one of the two widows, I'm fine. And if Maimer is not Kona, then I don't have to worry about Ruven's widow, because she's an Arab. 
So therefore, I don't have anything to worry about. So therefore, go and do it to Shimon's widow and don't worry about Reuben's widow. My time, how does the Gemara speak this out? Avitzara Vadai. The Tzara, Shimon's wife, is a Vadai that she needs Yibam, or Chalitza. Balas, Maimur, Suffolk. My, the Balas of Maimur is a Suffolk. If, if Maimur was Kodak and Yagamur, she needs, she has a Zika. If not, she doesn't need it at all. She's an Erva. In Suffolk, Motsmide Vadai. So doing it to the, uh, to the Suffolk one is not going to help to exempt the Vadai. So therefore, the smarter thing to do is you do Chalitza to the Vadai, and then the Suffolk will be exempt in Manavshach. Again, what's the case? The case is Ruvain dies. Shimon does Maimur. Now Levi is born. The Tana Rebbe Shimon holds even There's no Point A. Point B. The Tana Rabbi Shimon holds Maimer to Suffolk if it's Kona Kenyan Gomor, it's not Kona at all. So now what do I do? Practically, I do Chalitza to Shimon's wife and I don't have to worry about Ruven's wife. Why? If Maimer was Kona Kenyan Gomor, so they're both Mutter to Levi and I did Chalitza to one of the two Yavamas, that's fine. Normally that's what I do to one of two widows. And if Maimer's not Kona Kenyan Gomor, so the Chalitza was done to Shimon's widow, which is need to be done, and Ruven's widow is a. Erva. Okay, we'll stop here.